Hey, it's Deacon here. I'm hosting a new workshop called Hiring Secrets to help you find the right people who will take your business to the next level. Join me live on April 6th, and I'll show you my biggest secrets and tools to building a high-performance team. Get all the details at deaconbradley.com, click the Hiring Secrets link in the menu, or check today's show notes for all the links you need. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So let me get this straight. You're working with this company. All their ducks are in a row. You leave. And then later, when you poke your head back in, it's like a total disaster. Hello, and welcome to the Sharp Business Growth Podcast, the show for founders and CEOs who want to create healthy business growth. I'm your host, Deacon Bradley, alongside Justice Marimi, and I am pumped because today we are also joined by Zach Romero, who you'll get to meet in just a minute. On today's show, we are going behind the scenes of a brand that had hit a little bit of a growth ceiling, and Justice and I are on the case. We want to find out what went wrong, uh, but we're not going in alone. We have Zach Romero with us today, incredible guest. Listen... You're going to meet Zach in a minute. He is one of the most knowledgeable people that I know when it comes to direct response marketing. He's been in the game for a really long time. I want to say Dreamweaver days might put it in perspective if you know what I'm talking about. Um, I could go on and on, but really, like, let's just get to it. You'll see what I mean. Welcome to the show, Zach. I am pumped you're here, and I, I got to hear more about this. So you were you're working with this company in the past. And then there's like this long lengthy period where you're not, and then you stick your head back in and you're like, something is like, this isn't going well. What was kind of your, does anything come to mind where you're like, Hey, this is one of the first things I noticed that made me go, Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. I, I would say that the front end is entirely broken. So their customer acquisition process costs, et cetera, they're flying blind. They don't really know what's working. And uh, the big workhorse in the business is email. And we're talking upwards of 50, 60% of revenue. Okay. So, so to set the stage, this is a, an e, like the, they sell direct to consumer, like an e-commerce yep. company only. There's, is there a wholesale component no. to this that's significant? Okay. So they're selling direct to consumer, but when you come back in, you're like, they don't know if they're on the road or off the road or careening down a cliff or where money's coming from or yeah you, they they didn't have clear metrics on like aov and um ltv you know like these are core fundamental direct response metrics that we all need to like know and understand and work to grow so you're basically uh to my understanding unfortunately um kobe bryant died because they were flying in the fog and the pilot was instrument rated, but there was some kind of flaw to where he didn't understand where he actually was relative to the mountain range. That's a good analogy. Flying blind without clear metrics and understanding what you need to focus on and where revenue is ultimately going to be generated from is, uh, is the problem. And it's it's seems to be uh, quite common amongst many people. 
unfortunately. They're not hyper clear on where their money's being generated from, how long it takes, on and on. So, yeah, key metrics are out of place. Huh. Did they know what you just said about email automatically? Like, oh, yeah, emails, you know, we send an email, we make a lot of money. Or did- <laughs> Yeah, not in a very clear uh, manner. Basically, what you can do is like, like Shopify will give you some kind of general sense of where your money is being made, but it's not very good nor clear. And I definitely would not use that as a gauge uh, for growth. I would just use it as an interesting point that's coming from a platform. Um, but to use that as, say, your North Star would be a mistake. Uh, but it's it's just stating that you're not getting many unique purchases. But the story the story uh, doesn't stop there. Uh-oh. So, yeah. <laughs> so when you get when you start looking into ad accounts and you start trying to get an idea of okay what actually is being done, well, this is when you get into like basic reach and frequency, and when you're when you're looking at an audience of you know twelve to thirty thousand that your ads are being uh, going out to. And then uh, you're finding 12 to 25 is a metric at the frequency level. You're, you're, what, you're seeing, <laughs> what you're seeing is an incestuous pool where you're just, you keep retargeting. And say, so there's say no that in real different goal. words. You and I, Zach, go way back in the agency. I want you to say this. So Justice is our representative guest CEO here today who's going to raise yeah. his hand and be like, I'm not a, I'm not a digital ad expert. Yeah. Say that in a way that justice would go. <laughs> yeah, they spent money on what? Yeah, okay. Zach. Last time we talked about tangents, and you brought it down to like football analogy. That's what I need you. That's that was helpful. All right, let's see. Let's see here. So, um, yeah. So basically, if I talk about topographical optimization and optimizing that curve, part. that's a no, no, right? All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so, so picture it like this. Um, your your uh you have a beautiful estate in the country okay and you had a pond built so they dug out a, an area they filled it with water and you decided that you were going to put some fish in there okay now the thing is is that you have added fish to your pond once but you keep fishing in the pond only okay over a period of time if you don't replenish the fish what will happen is, is that uh, you'll run out of fish. So therefore, you have to reach way outside, maybe dig a new channel, maybe add some uh, uh, surface area and volume to the pond so that you can continue to add more fish. No fresh fish. Ultimately, you're going to fish your, your pond to oblivion. Uh. Okay. So in in... In any kind of media buying or or any kind of media planning, you you need to always be reaching out. So you're expanding your diameter, and if you expand your diameter of audience, the potential, the desire, is to always be able to then increase the volume of sales to that audience. So I I I I I, I lean mathy. So I don't know if that's a good analogy for you. This is such a 
Good point, Zach. And, and Justice, I'm, I'm really curious how closely you're tracking with this, because if you are working with an agency, anybody listening, anyone who's spending money on advertising, this is a point you need to get. So Zach's talking like, hey, this fish pond isn't being restocked. So what that basically means is your your customer list, like you're not acquiring new customers or more customers. You're just continuing to fish the same pond. I that so this brings up a lot for me, Zach, in the fact that I'm coming from the founder side and I've literally watched this personally where it's like, hey, we keep going to the same pond. What are we doing to enlarge our pond? Do you did you were your the people that you knew that were founders were they aware of this issue? And if so, were they, were you noticing that they were intentionally neglecting this issue? Was it just, Hey, we weren't aware. This is a strategy that only Zach knows that we need to increase, uh, outside customers and, 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 and enlarge that or were, were like, were they just ignorant to it? I'm so curious. Yeah. So, uh, generally they're ignorant. You'd have to go granular and enjoy going granular like that. I mean, you can basically, this is not hard to find, but then you have to understand the ramifications of this particular kind of method. Um, and, and that analogy kind of serves, serves the point. Um, it was not known. Here's what happens is that top line revenue stagnates. Mm. You're going to hit a plateau and mm. then you're going to not understand why you aren't growing one, uh, like, Again, if you don't understand that concept, um, because you're not going outside and speaking to new people. Mm. The other part of that. Hey, let me pause you right there, Zach, and tell me if this could be true. So I love that that signal. Top line revenue is flat. Could it also be true that while top line and revenue is flat, you're looking at your ads going, but that's weird. These are generating a return. Right. So you'll get the false (laughs) signal that the whatever platform you're on will will happily send you that you're doing great and look at this ROAS man you're killing it <laughs> you know <laughs> but <clears throat> what you're basically doing is uh you know you're you're how could i say this well you're kind of over pronouncing yourself to a particular group of people if someone came by here's an analogy for you take this to door to door sales if you are going to knock on someone's door every single day and they purchase periodically from you, but you come back every single day, but that's not, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, with a frequency of like 12 plus, they're seeing you in a, you know, in a course of time, multiple times. So they, you may come by at 9 a.m. and you may come back at 4.30 and heck, you may even come back at 9 o'clock at night. So it's terrible to do that. Uh unless you absolutely don't really want to grow too big um, and you are, are happy fishing in the same pond. So it's a problem. It's a problem. Wow. Okay. Can I, Oh my gosh, this is like, I love that because we are, you're just pointing out like revenue is not growing, but the ad account looks fine and not knowing enough. If you're sitting there thinking, well, the agency probably knows what they're doing. I hired them and you don't know enough to recognize these signals or ask deeper questions, then you're kind of just at their mercy. (laughs) Well, let me, let me, let me take the problem and let me, let me go ahead and jab my knife in there a little further and twist it around a little bit. That's not the only part of the problem. You see, when you're trying to calculate true 
you know, cost per acquisition. And let's say that you are working with people such that uh, they're using classic prospecting campaigns, even though it's for a conversion. This is this is probably Facebook leaning because the other part is that all that's going on is retargeting on uh, Google. But but that's another subject. <laughs> um, yeah. So so you're looking and your return is you know small at a prospecting level, and then you're just hyper retargeting. You're just flushing a bunch of money into retargeting. And then you're looking at retargeting as your true acquisition cost, but you're not adding in the prospecting campaigns, which is absolutely flawed. Okay. So here's this classic thing that people say, though, the data, I don't know where it actually emanates from. Well, it takes seven to 13 times for someone to see your message before they become a customer. All right. Okay. Well, if you're only counting the cost to convert them at seven, at 0.7, because at the seventh point in this 13-point uh, uh, line, and then that's the point at touch seven where they convert, and you're not calculating the cost for one through six, then you really don't know oh, your all actual right. I'm, Zach, let me put this in your <laughs> – I'm going back to your metaphor. And, all right. All right well, there's, there's three of us on the call here. Uh, let's see who can be – who. I will be the door-to-door sales prospector. Zach, okay. you get to be the retargeting guy. Justice, you're you're the customer. So I'm going to show up at Justice's door twice a day. I'm going at nine. I'm going to go again at four thirty every single day. Three days into this, I've visited Justice six times and he hasn't bought. Uh, <laughs> and then here comes retargeting Zach along. He knocks on the door and gets a sale. And is what you're saying that if you don't count my salary and you just count Zach's salary, that you think Man, Zach is cleaning up out there on the streets. He's really profitable. Right. He's killing it. Look at how great he Zach is. Zach needs a raise, I think. Uh, right. And I couldn't I couldn't be successful without your six previous touch points. So then to only use me as your guiding North Star metric. Wow. And not calculating all the work that Deacon has done. Disallows you from really understanding what it's going to cost you to acquire a customer. So therefore you're looking particularly for physical product e-com businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Therefore you're looking, you're like, wait, we're, you know, top line revenues. I don't know. Let's just say 200 K a month or something like that. And then, but you're, you're scratching your head because you're looking at your, your monthly net as the owner. And you're wondering where all the money is going because you're not properly calculating what it actually costs to acquire a customer. Common metric and and huge problem because the, please I'm tell sorry, me this really is just a textbook example and nobody does this in real life. Well, I, I've this, seen it this... multiple times. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, and and people are flying blind, and people are managing their businesses from their bank statement. And this I is think, so good. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I think that's a problem. Don't Can manage I, your business from your bank statement. That's a, that's that? a writer downer right there. <laughs> that really is. I I literally got off the phone today with a guy who it's almost like ROAS obsession. <laughs> I've seen that. And <laughs> that's how they judge their success. Right. Is like ROAS or how well things are going. And what I, 
I didn't have the words to tell him anything. Like I, one, I don't think you should, that should be your number one KPI is ROAS. Um, but so much of what you're sharing, sharing right now, I'm just like, Oh, I wish I had you on that phone call with him. What is it that you see? Why are we so ROAS obsessed? What is that, that you're seeing? It's founders. I'm, it's founders conversation. Deacon and I had a conversation with a founder, um, in e-com that was ROAS. That was the only, yeah, I've had about metric. a thousand of those conversations. <laughs> is it because right. that's the only thing that they can understand from a number numbers point that is like computes or is it just like, is it bad education? Like, what is that? I've seen it over and over again. Well, I can't really speak to actually why everybody has that obsession. Um, I do think, though, that it's heavily influenced by what people actually see in their newsfeed because gurus are ROAS obsessed. So this uh-huh. is this is what they push uh, outside, especially with people who, you know, whether they're freelancers, contractors, agencies, etc. If if they're, um, you know, if their contract is such that if we get you this ROAS at this, you know, we can spend this much money and then we get a percentage of spend. You see, you have, (laughs) you have a bunch of different mixed motivations in that. Uh, And, and quite frankly, ROAS isn't as interesting as LTV to me because I need to understand if to to you. Yes. Right. Do you want to hear my guess at what I think it is? This is Uh so good. Lazy. Why do you say that? Because it's a, it's like a, it's like a composite metric, like of, of other metrics and you can roll up all these things and like, how much did I spend on ads? How much did I get back for you feel very smart as a Mm. business owner going, because in your mind, you're like, oh, they call it ROAS, but I know it's return on investment and I'm generating this return and I'm a businessman and my job (laughs) is to generate this return. It, but it also hides a lot of. Uh, the important parts of the business that I think Zach was about to dive into there. So I, I don't mean lazy to sound like an insult. Sometimes it is an insult though, because I've worked with people who in the conversation, you open their eyes and, and you're like, Oh, you should really be looking at this. And they're like, no, I'm, I only care about ROAS. Mm-hmm. And that that's when I would put the lazy label on it. But uh, but I, I, yeah, I guess that's my, my interpretation. The, the other part is just, they don't know better because of the, all the gurus. <laughs> Can I, I want to say two things. One, and this kind of comes back to like the helicopter Kobe Bryant thing, but like on a plane, there's like, there's, there's these two instruments that like, like let you know that you're right side up and moving in the right direction. And they have two of them for a reason because you, a pilot can actually come under this place where they think they're flying upside down. Like they can, it, it, I forget right. the name of it. Um, but you think you're flying upside down or flying down instead of up. And so they put two of the exact same instrument in there so that y- you look at one and you're like, well, maybe that one's wrong. I'm flying upside down. But if two of them are showing the exact same thing that you're right side up and you're flying forward, then it's then you're like, I'm not crazy. So I'm wondering in this, like from you guys, what do they like? I want to adopt the mindset that professional people that have worked in this is like, this is the numbers we're looking at. And here's why we're looking at these numbers. These numbers get us excited. 
Do you know? Does that make sense? Yeah. Let me let me touch on that a little bit. Um, the first, so I went into this business recently, and I really wanted to get true cogs. That was the first uh, number. I really wanted to understand what that was and is. Now, when I start poking around and asking, oh, we think it's about when you sit when you're <laughs> as soon as you hear that, Alarm oh, bells. It's, it's about yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm do I'm going in there like a forensic accountant. I need mm. to understand to the penny, and I explain to the owner. Um, the reason that I'm concerned with the nickel at this level is because if you're losing a nickel across, I don't know, 40,000 transactions a year, then it's a number to actually be a little interested wow. in, right? So if yeah. you think that you should be getting this nickel um, every single sale, then uh, times 40,000, it's not something to just sneeze at. So. When I start going in, oh, I think it's about, and, and then I start asking questions. Okay, where is it manufactured? Okay, how much does it cost when it leaves the manufacturer? Are you mm-hmm. paying for shipping from the manufacturer to your fulfillment center? Are they charging you a receiving cost? Are they charging a stock cost? Are they char- right? So when you start going in down uh, line by line like that, then they're like, oh, okay, it actually could be 10 to 15% more. So once you get that number, then I'm interested in what it actually true cost of acquisition with all your retargeting, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, you're trying to get a clear idea on, oh, this is, there's another one. All right, hold on. Wait, wait. So, so once you get that, then I want to understand when and or to what frequency are people repurchasing? Are they ever? Okay. Now, the average repurchase, average number of orders for this particular person was three point something off the top of my head. I'd have to look back at the spreadsheet. Okay. So this was uh, last year's. Now, that's not bad, but when, okay, here was the thing I went in and looked at every single order line by line. Hmm. And then I saw, oh, look, this person's ordering 50. This person's ordering 30. Now that skews your average way far. That's like the classic Bill Gates walks into a bar and everyone's net worth on average goes up a million <laughs> bucks. So when you have outliers like that in your data set, like if you're not applying basic statistics to it to look at that so that you really understand mean, then uh, you may have a, a skewed perception. This is again a problem with AOV. So you have to be like a forensic accountant. And if you're not inclined to do that, you need to get that. Wow. I would also just point out, I love that you use that example because earlier you were like, please stop looking at the Shopify dashboard because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see the, the dumbed down numbers there. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And if you're trying to steer, you know, to fly in the fog. I think Kennedy died from your analogy there, Justice, earlier. Or, oh, really? or your, your, yeah, I think that's um, – um, I forgot which Kennedy, but he had a problem with the instruments flying off the coast uh, eastern seaboard. Anyways, I think it was that actual problem. He was may have been flying – he didn't know where the horizon was or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. same concept, right? So you're flying at night in a plane. You need to have particular gauges. So here, here's what I'm doing now is now I'm looking for tip of the spear, okay? What I'm looking at are when I get true cogs and true CPA, 
that now I can look at all the SKUs that are available. And here, this is always, always missed. And it's very hard to do unless you actually dump the data yourself. Okay. And you can do it in Python or R. Like, and if you don't have those skills, like, okay, so here it is. Do you know which types of creatives are even bringing in your best paying customers? That's good. Yeah. If you don't know that, then you don't know how to actually communicate with the people that are more apt. Right. So different people, yes. you know, there'll be different signals that you want to send out relative to who you're trying to attract and what stage they are in market awareness and what their buying criteria is, what the general sentiment, like there's so much to that, just that one piece alone that that can allow you to actually then the ROAS may be lower initially on a certain, you know, cohort, but over time you may see after 90 days, this group that comes in at lower ROAS is higher LTV. And if you don't know let, that, let me say that in different words. All right, I'm getting geeky. you might you might pay more to buy a really valuable customer, it's so which will lower your initial profit. But if all you care about is your initial profit on the front transaction, you're you're missing a lot of the story. Yeah. Whoa. This yeah. is I don't. No one that I this feels like Zach. You've learned this over time. And Deacon, you've learned this over time. This is not common knowledge to a lot of founders and CEOs. Mm. Like this, what you guys are talking about is here. I think because of y'all's gift to go into numbers, you guys like seeing numbers. Numbers tell a story. It's not boring to you. I, you guys could both go in and go, this is a puzzle and it's a story. Whereas a founder and a CEO is going, what is the result? And you guys are going, I'm trying to find out the story here so that I can professionally market and get you a better, get you better customers that are buying from you probably more often and spending more money with you. And that is not the founder and CEO doesn't know what you just said. So we go and we look at ROAS as the metric that speaks to us. It's, 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 it's easy to understand what you guys are saying is like blowing my mind right now. Because you're like, oh, what if you had a better customer? Would you like a better customer over a longer period of time? Uh, yes. Well, then don't hover over ROAS and let's look at these. Let's work to, and creative. Let's think about the – like, Deacon, we were talking with with uh, an e-commerce owner and you could tell he had – you walked him through, okay, can you tell me why this creative did better? Who is this? There's, there's, you worked with somebody on this creative, like, what is it? He was like, oh, it's just, it's just somebody we found and they happened to put that out. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, but you were, guy. yeah, you were like, well, tell me more. Does this make sense? This is really profound. It, de it definitely makes sense. And I know exactly what you're saying. Cause as you're saying that I'm thinking of this constant tug of war that you and I talk about a lot on this show, which is like visionary CEO integrator brain an integrator type person the conversation me and that we're having here i don't often see a visionary ceo be like yeah let's go spelunking in the numbers yeah. and so and so i'm trying to think of like how to bring this home in a in a way like how to apply this i guess if you're a visionary ceo and you're like gosh i 
was struggling through some of that, but then you get the aha and you're like, oh, I see why that's valuable now. How might you apply this as a visionary CEO just to know that your business isn't throwing money down the drain or that you have the right team on the field or that you're using the right tools or that people aren't just yeah. uh, blowing smoke at you while you're telling you about uh, Zach's incredible door knocking skills. And he makes a sale almost every time. That guy is amazing. Let's spend, let's raise Zach's salary. Like, yeah. <laughs> can I, I ask a, Can I ask another question? I, as a visionary, would rather have the person who enjoys finding the story in the numbers that helps us get better customers who want to stay with us longer. How is a visionary? Do I attract a Zach or a Deacon? Someone that can translate numbers. <laughs> I can tell you how to not do it. And then <laughs> yes. maybe we can work back. Yes, yes, please. Don't be obsessed with Roas and shove that down their throat. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge turnoff. <laughs> like Zach, what you, you like, what draws you to a place that is obviously struggling and needs your help or Deacon, like what gets you salivating over a business where you like, what is that? that Cause you guys are talking about every founder CEO that I know would love to have someone like you who sees the story in the numbers and can translate it to them so that they can cast a vision because they might have to pivot the business. They might have to see profit decline for a little bit. They might need to communicate that to the CPA. They, ne- they might need to talk about that to the operations and say, hey, look, we're pivoting. We're seeing some stuff in the numbers. We're going to retarget and shift our business a little bit to better care for this customer and bring more of them in. It might be a lull for the next three months, but if we do this right, we could really kill it. How do we attract your type of skill set. Hmm. Well, <clears throat> I don't know that I would be interested in being attracted, uh, but uh, you don't. You don't have. You're not going to get job solicit- solicitations yeah, yeah. from this podcast, Zach. That's not All what right. this is about. Yeah. Okay. Just pretend it's like well, what businesses are I, am I interested in, or what types of people? Opportunity. <laughs> I, I like yeah. working with, um, like, if someone is pained because they don't understand what's going on. I like easing people's pain in that way. I also think that uh, some people just aren't naturally suited to do that kind of granular analysis. Like you really need to dump the data at the API level. You don't really need to use the tools (laughs) that are available. You need to pull that out and uh, do a little data munging yourself. So that's, um, that's probably, uh, you know, a consulting type of scenario, you may, once you have things set up properly, you probably would have uh kind of like guiding North star principles for yourself. But like, if you Do don't, you, does, the, yeah. does the visionary CEO need to figure out what are my guiding North, North star principles or do they, or would they rely on somebody like you, yeah, Zach, question. who really understands the whole game, the ins and outs and everything from creative people see to the offer to the cost of goods sold and like the whole puzzle who should be just helping who should be setting those guiding North star metrics? Ideally well, to me, what I do is I would, I would meet with a founder or CEO to understand what they're trying to get done. And then from there I can say, okay, well, here are your pitfalls and here is where you're actually not going to be able to accomplish that. And here's why. 
I, w- I would never want to give someone their vision. I think that understand if, if they have to adjust to justice's point because of uh, revelation through data, then um, that's their, dis- that's what they would have to do. I love that you said that. I, I, I feel like we planted Zach at this point. Justice and I talk about vision all the time and how important it is and how it comes up in this yeah. area and this other area. I never thought of that coming up on this podcast, <laughs> frankly. And then here we are at the end, like, how do you tee this up for success for the whole team? And it, and here you, here's Zach who, with his incredible depth of experience and abilities going, well, I need to know what the founder's vision is. And then I will tell them if we're on track or how to adjust course. And that's pretty incredible. <laughs> if if their vision is a number, then that's not a very good vision. So mm-hmm. they they probably need to go to vision camp or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys should have vision camp. Yeah. You should make it. I'm serious. It, that and, really is. And it's it's so uh, your subconscious mind, if your thing is just a number, then all you're looking for is numbers. Do you understand how your brain works such that whatever you're focused on? All right, here's the classic one. You just bought a brand new red Beamer and then all you see around you are red Beamers, right? right? I mean, this is classic. So if your thing is, I want 5 million, then all you're looking for, that's probably why you're married to ROAS, you know, because you think ROAS will get you to 5 million. That's it. My that is job. it. That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Focused on the wrong things. Zach, you just totally blew my mind with that last bit there, connecting ROAS to vision size. And like, I feel like I'm going to be playing that card a lot in future conversations. I love it. Zach, where's the best place that people can find you online right now? Uh, they could reach out on Twitter, Zach Romero. Zach Romero on Twitter. I'll throw that link in the show notes as well. Uh, this was awesome. See you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today on the Sharp Business Growth Podcast. If you're a founder or CEO who wants to create healthy business growth, visit us at sharpbusinessgrowth.com. Subscribe to the newsletter. We'll see you next week. And I'm pumped because we actually, this goes really well with this conversation, actually have a fractional CFO joining us next week. So if you're listening to Zach Rattleoff numbers around cost of goods sold and you're like, I don't know that, please come next week. (laughs) See you then.